Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on The College Draft Podcast, always presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. How about this? Right now, they're offering a 100% sign-up bonus at betonline.ag. 100% of what you deposit when you use the promo code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag. That's pretty incredible. I'm Ross Tucker. Five teams, seven years, former NFL offensive lineman. Now I've got five podcasts, the Ross Tucker football podcast. We had Michael Giannitti from Track on today. He was amazing. Highly encourage you to listen to that one. He had some strong opinions on Tom Brady, the Houston Texans trade. That was awesome. Uh, This podcast is the College Draft Podcast, which pretty timely since we are a month away from the NFL Draft, which even though it won't be in Vegas, it is happening April 23rd to the 25th. We've also got the Even Money Podcast, where we're going to look at this week the impact of free agency on season win totals and futures. Fantasy Feast Podcast, where we're going to talk about the impact of free agency on The fantasy value of a lot of players, especially from a dynasty standpoint, you know, year round, but even just season long as well. So looking forward to that with Joe Dolan this week. Andrew Brandt, of course, will be on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Wednesday. Greg Cosell on Thursday. So should be another great week. I know a lot of you are staying home. Uh, Great time for you to be able to listen to these podcasts over at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are are found. Please stay safe and stay healthy. And if you can, rate and review the show while you're home on Apple Podcasts or however you listen to the show, that really helps us as well. Very excited for today's guest, Ryan Newman from one of our affiliate podcasts uh, that we represent, the College Football Bros at CFB Bros. My favorite college football podcast. Highly encourage you to check out Ryan. And and we'll get into in a second exactly why I wanted to have Ryan on the show. Fired up to have him. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, by the way, 
on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And all of our podcasts, the hub is at RTF podcast. All right. So Ryan, before we dive into some of the guys that you feel like are overrated, underrated, obviously I'm a fan of the show. I've been on it before. Hopefully I'll get a chance to be on it again. Uh, but for people that haven't had a chance to listen, how do you describe, what's your elevator pitch for the College Football Bros podcast? Well, the main thing that we try to do is we, we just try to keep it lighthearted and fun. I mean, we cover about every conference, every team that you can think of. We'll go from Group G5, Power 5. We're not just, you know, trying to focus on one specific area. So we try to keep it national so it's relevant for everybody. And, you know, we're just we're essentially just three brothers talking about how about college football like we do we would have done all the time growing up but we're just like hey might as well make it into a podcast because it's uh it's fun to talk about and we just we just love doing it so we kind of hope we give that vibe off to other people it's just three guys three brothers having fun talking about college football you definitely do now where are you guys all located so my I three of us my my two brothers they're actually in San Diego uh, and then I'm in Los Angeles I'm kind of the the little bit of the outlier there. Got it. But that's so. But none of you guys are together. You're all doing it remotely when you do it. So it's a great way. It's almost like um, how fantasy leagues bring together f- friends. You know, it's like a way to totally. stay in touch and communicate with your friends. That's kind of what like the College Football Bros podcast is for you. It's like. I would imagine, like at, at a minimum, every week you talk to your bros about college football. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the only way we'll usually communicate with each other. We're not usually shooting the breeze much about much else. So, <laughs> college football is kind of our way we keep in touch with each other. So, you know, we love each other. And it's always fun. Uh, but college football is kind of the main drive that keeps us going. And you guys all correct me if I'm wrong. Your brother Michael told me this, but you guys all are. Are you all Nebraska and USC fans? Well, Michael's the lone USC fan because he went there. Um, so we were all born in Nebraska, so we're all Nebraska fans. Um, but Michael's the only the only USC guy. Me and my other brother Trey were strictly strictly Nebraska guys. We don't blame Michael. He went to SC. He's got a good reason to cheer for him, and we will cheer for USC too because you know our brother went there. But you know we're not heartbroken if SC loses. All right. So I got to ask you. Um, about Nebraska, because I, I, I know some of their coaches. How, yeah. what, what's your feeling on the current state of the Cornhuskers? Uh, it's, it is so fluid. It's so hard to describe what you're feeling. Because you're, you're two years ago when the, it, Scott Frost was introduced, everybody's juiced up, ready to go. It's like, okay, he's, he's bringing us back. And, you know, first year, obviously, went four and eight, a lot of hiccups. Second year, though, we were like, okay, this is the year we turn it around. Adrian Martinez is going to be a sophomore now. He had a good freshman year. We're supposed to be good. Most people were picking us to win the Big Ten West, uh, and then we just lay another dud. So right now, we're just kind of wait and see mode. We're not sure what we're going to get this third year. We don't think it's going to be all that great, but we still have confidence that Frost is going to get us there. It's, we're like, okay, he's, it takes a lot of time to get your, your uh, system in place, and we're kind of just putting our faith in them. We don't really have a choice. <laughs> Got it. So to be clear, you and your brothers are big-time college football fans. But, and growing up in Nebraska, that's how it works. But you're not really like draft gurus or NFL guys. And I, I like to have people like that on because I think you get to this point where a month before the NFL draft and everybody's 
the mock drafts all look the same. Everybody yeah. has the same analysis and projections. I like talking with guys that haven't really been all over the projections and the combine over the last couple months. And, you know, you look at it and you think, wow, that guy's high. That guy's higher. That guy's low based on what you've seen from college football. Do you think that's fair to describe you that way? Oh, 100 percent. We are we're diehard college fans. Even we'll even go to college basketball like we're not. I'm not. I mean, I love the NFL. It's great and everything. But college football is the wheelhouse. And, you know, getting ready for for this podcast with you is when I really started to dive into some of the actual projections on these players and some of the uh, some of them did surprise me, like where they were talking about getting picked. I was like, ooh, I'm not sure about that one. So um, it's definitely an eye opening thing just to look at it from an NFL perspective. It's like, eh, you know, some of these prospects the, and these scouts value things that you're a little surprised by. And very clearly, you're still bitter about how good LSU was and LSU winning the national championship because your first two guys on the overrated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> list that you texted me are LSU defensive backs. Let's start with the safety, Grant Delpit from LSU. Why is he too overrated, too overhyped, too highly ranked right now in your mind? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have nothing against LSU. They just happen to be both in the same defensive backfield here. Uh, but, man, most, most of these mock drafts I'm seeing, Delpit's going mid-first-round range. But I'm just, I don't see an elite safety when I see him play. And I saw him play a lot at LSU. It, the main reason is just because he's, he's not a good tackler. I mean, a lot of times he'll take a bad angle. Um, but even if he doesn't take a bad angle, even if he's there and he has the ball carrier like in his grasp, he just he can't get him to the ground because he's just not a physical player. So, I mean, he, his strength is his coverage. He does have good coverage skills. He tracks the ball pretty well. But, man, I just, I'm not sure I would take a first-round pick on him on a safety that has some serious limitations like he does. I kind of compare him a little bit to HaHa Clinton Dix, who we kind of know he's floating around all over the place, can't, can't quite stay in one spot. But he's not, he's not even as physical as Clinton. So um, I'm, I'm not seeing it with, with Delp at that high. You know, it's interesting because there was a lot of hype for Delpit coming into the year. He yep. was very highly rated. I saw places where they had him as top five, top ten picks coming into the year because of his physical ability. But then guys I respect like Dane Brugler and others, you know, I, I think some of the guys that really paid attention this year and didn't just go by what you know, he was ranked coming into the season. They've really dropped him down their boards. I think they saw some of the same thing that you saw. Yeah. He, he put a lot of bad stuff on tape this year. I think he's just a product of being overhyped. I mean, he's, he's a good player on a, like the best team. So I think people were just kind of assuming, oh, he, this kid must be really good. But he's just, he's a little undersized. I mean, he's like 6'2", baby, a little over 200 pounds. So he doesn't bring the kind of the physical nature you want from a safety. So I'd, I don't know. I, I think he might. I I would think he would slip down a little bit, but uh, I'm just. I just don't think he should be a, a first round pick. What about uh, his backfield mate, Christian Fulton, the corner from LSU? You know, it's kind of the same narrative. I just think he's kind of getting a little too uh, highly pubbed here because of the team he was on and the season that they that his team did have. But 
I don't know. I saw him get beat too many times uh, to think that this kid is a late first round pick. Uh, this is where I'm seeing some of them and even early second. He does have decent size, but he he lacks the the thing that you really need. He lacks the the burst that you need to have as a corner in the NFL. I mean, if he gets beat by a step, I saw it time and time again, he'll get beat. I mean, he's done. He, he's not going to recover off on a, once he gets beat. So whoever ends up drafting him, I mean, they're going to have to play to his strengths, which is pressing receivers on the line of scrimmage. Um, but as you know, in the NFL, you can't be as physical with receivers like you can in college. So I think given that, uh, his weaknesses, I think he's being overvalued right now. Yeah, he's another guy. LSU, and this has been the case for a while, they, they always look maybe the best or at least one of the two or three best getting off the bus, man. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. their guys look so beautiful. Like They just look like at every position you're like, yep, that's what – like I remember when Patrick Peterson was at LSU, I was like, what is going on that there's a corner that looks like that? I played my last year – you'll remember this guy. My last year in the NFL was LaRon Landry's. Rookie year with the Redskins, and he came out. I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then you watch the highlights, and he's just murdering people. Like they look the part; they look beautiful. There's no question. Uh, Another guy that you have on the overrated list I thought was interesting was Notre Dame edge rusher Julian Aquara. What were your concerns with Julian? Well, the main concern is just is just production. I mean, he just didn't have it at Notre Dame. He's being projected as a second-round pick right now. And honestly, if I had to pick one guy for the most overrated I, that I saw on this list, it, it would be him. I mean, in his 35 games at Notre Dame, he had just 35 or he had just 15 sacks and 24 tackles for loss. And and he's keep in mind he's a pure pass rusher. Like that's what his job is. And so he just didn't have the production. Um, he's not going to be able to play on the line of scrimmage consistently because he just doesn't have the size. He's not physical enough, but he's also not good in coverage. He doesn't have good coverage skills as a linebacker. So I'm not sure where you peg him on an NFL defensive side of the ball. I'm like, where does he, where's this guy going to succeed? I don't see it. I'm not sure why people are enamored with him. Maybe it's just because teams are so desperate to find a, a pass rusher. I mean, that's obviously huge in the NFL. But to me, he's he's not a top two pick, top two round pick. I think he's more of a day three, low round type of guy. Yeah, it's interesting. He didn't do a lot of the drills at the combine. People have him, you know, going in the first round. I'll be That's curious. That's insane they, to me. Yeah, they are absolutely desperate for mm-hmm. edge rushers, and yep. it's not really a great edge rush class after chase young so i think what happens then is that you know people are are really desperate and they're trying to find a way he does have long arms and big hands and this is what happens right you know you start to get guys that move up the ranks based on their physical ability more than their production you know, people like the LSU chase on uh, more than him. Yeah, Caleb on chase on. I do, too. I like him better than than Akora for sure. Uh, it'll be interesting. I hear mixed reviews on Yitor Gross Matos from Penn State, who had some good games, some other games that, that weren't so good. But, yeah, the Akwara thing will really be interesting. What about some positivity? What about some guys that we feel like 
are underrated. And and I love your first pick because yep. he came in to the season uh, with a lot of hype, and I think rightfully so based on what he had done at Colorado. Even going into the combine, people were excited about him. He had a really bad combine. And well, yeah, he only result, ran the 40, right? But uh... – and his forty was like I think a four point five eight or something like that. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good time, but he was coming off of an injury. He had like a core muscle surgery that he had not that long ago, so he's still kind of getting back. I, I think he'll run better. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have any pro days anytime soon, but you know, I think he's I think that forty time is a little misleading. But just from what I've seen from Lavisca, he's I don't know if I do we say his name Lavisca Chenault? Yeah, Lavisca Chenault, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, Lavisca Chenault, the wide receiver from Colorado. Uh, you know, as a Nebraska fan, we played him. We saw him a couple times, and he is just a—he's a specimen, man. He's a great, great player. Some seen some late first round, early second rounders for him. Just think it's too low for a guy of his caliber. He was the heart and soul of that Colorado offense a couple years ago as a sophomore. He had a big year, over a thousand yards receiving on on just uh, in just nine games. But that does kind of lead me into why I think teams are reluctant to draft him so high. He does have injury concerns he didn't finish a full season in boulder so it's a legit concern i think maybe part of the reason why he did have so many injuries there is just the usage rate i mean he was being used so much they wanted the ball in his hands almost you know as many times as they could so i think once he gets the nfl that won't quite happen as much and to me he he kind of seems like a, a debo samuel maybe even a little bigger than debo but he plays similar he can take those jet sweeps he can maybe get it out of the backfield but he's a physical wide out that I don't know. I have a hard time believing he won't make a, a big impact as a rookie. Um, yeah, I'll be very curious. You know, one of the issues, I think, why he might be underappreciated or underrated in your mind is just because of how many good wide receivers there are. You know, yeah. it's unprecedented how many good wide receivers there are. I mean, you look at the receivers that are scheduled to go in the second and third rounds. I mean, right now, the guys that everybody thinks is going in the first round are C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson. But you look at some of the guys that people think are going to go in the second round, maybe Chenault, T. Higgins, T. Higgins. from Clemson, yep. K.J. Hamler from Penn State, who, by the way, he is – I watch every snap Penn State plays. He is electric. There's Jalen Rieger from TCU, Michael Pittman, USC, Brandon Ayuk, Arizona State, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, Denzel Mims from Baylor. I mean, there's just so many guys that – I, you know, where would you rank Chenault in your mind among all those guys I just named? I'd have him in my top five. It's just he brings a little bit of a different element than some maybe your prototypical wide receiver. Uh, he's not exactly the the deep threat that's going to go and run by everybody, but he just kind of does a little bit of everything that maybe gets a little underappreciated. So I kind of already used the the comparison to Debo Samuel, but Debo was not a highly drafted guy, and look how he did for the 49ers this year. He was awesome, especially as the year progressed. He got better and better. So I think he can kind of give you an all-around type of game that is underappreciated. Another guy that you feel like is underappreciated is a guy that I met and talked to a few years ago at the U.S. Army Bowl, and that's A.J. Epinesa, the D-lineman from Iowa. Yeah, he's he's a beast. This kid is uh, – I'm surprised he's getting late first rounds projections on him. He's To me, he's arguably the best defensive lineman in the draft, uh, maybe outside of Chase Young. But even him, he's, he's right there, I think. He's got really good size. He's 6'5", 280-plus pounds. 
He had 22 sacks the last couple of years, so he's a proven pass rusher, but it's not all he does. He's really good against the run. So I think he's a guy that NFL teams, you can keep him on the field every down. He's versatile enough to play a couple different spots in the 4-3 or the 3-4. I think he's being undervalued maybe just because he doesn't, his uh, maybe his athleticism doesn't quite jump off the page like some people's do. But I think, you know, I compare him to a guy like Cam Hayward for the Pittsburgh Steelers, about the same size, plays a similar type of style game. I think he can have that type of impact, you know, for all pro type of uh, type of player. I like it. He, he's got great hands, really good technique. I don't think he had quite the year that people thought he would have before the year. There were people that thought he might end up being like a top 10 pick. Yep. I don't think it's going to happen now. He's not as explosive as people would like. He doesn't. He's not really a guy that's going to be able to bend or turn the corner, but he wins with power. He wins with his hands, and I, I think that's a, a really good formula in the NFL. So I tend to agree with you there on Epinesa. Love the comp to Cam Hayward. What about yeah. Vanderbilt running back Keshawn Vaughn? Yeah, I was going, trying to find a guy that was uh, really a sleeper in this draft, going way down the boards here. And yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn, he's a kid from Vanderbilt. He had he started his career at Illinois and had a good start there, but I'm not exactly sure why. But he transferred to Vanderbilt for his last two years, and he just took off from right, took off there his his junior year when Vandy was actually you know a decent team. They had Kyle Shermer at quarterback. I mean, this kid was awesome. He had over 1,200 yards on 7.9 yards per carry. Now keep in mind, this is Vanderbilt going up against SEC teams week in, week out. So to rush for almost eight yards a carry, I mean, it was an impressive, impressive year that he had. And then this year he kind of built on his game a little bit. He proved that he was a, a legit pass catcher. He had 28 receptions. So, I mean, he's got some explosiveness. He can catch the ball. He's versatile. So I think he should be higher on that running running back totem pole and maybe sneak into a, a third-round type of pick. Speaking of the SEC... I know you think that the SEC might set a record in this draft. What exactly is that all about? Well, yeah, it's always the talk. SEC dominates. But uh, this year, I think they might dominate more than uh, more than usual. So the the record for most first-round picks by a conference is set at 12 right now. The ACC actually did it once more than, more than uh, a decade ago. But then the SEC's done it twice. They did it in 2013 and 2017. But this year, I mean, I think they're going to easily surpass that. Uh, if you look at the mock drafts, the ones that I've looked at, you're seeing 15, 16 SEC players consistently on that first round page. So I, I would be surprised if they don't set the record this year. I think they'll, I'm going to go on record probably and say they get, they get 15, just shatter the record at 12. Um, it's, it's just getting more and more like the SEC is dominating. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm going to definitely yeah. steal that and use that, and I'm not going to give you credit. How do you feel about that? <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. As long as you promote our podcast, you can keep doing it. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I do. I retweet your podcast every you week do. at College Football Bros, which is CFB Bros. And I forget, it's Michael's wife that does the, uh, the yeah. thumbnail images, right? Yeah, she's uh, she's more of the artist of the group. Yeah, she does all those uh, graphics for us, Sarah. She does a terrific job. Yeah, I she love does. That. I mean, she, any any art issue that we have or any creativity thing that we need, we are, we we immediately know we got to go to Sarah for that. All right. So just so I know, you're so the the record is twelve. 
Yeah, the record's 12 by the ACC once and the SEC twice. Wow. That's definitely going to get get broken. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about, speaking of the SEC, it looks like they're going to have a couple quarterbacks in the top five picks with Joe Burrow, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, um, and really the last couple Number one overall picks, you could even argue Baker Mayfield maybe, but certainly Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow seemingly came out of nowhere to be the number one overall pick. Do you have a guy in mind that you think could be that guy next year? Yeah, actually I was going to think I was thinking you could throw in Baker in that too, but you know for the, for 2021, you know I was thinking about it, there's a guy down in the SEC again, uh Kyle Trask down at Florida. Um, he wasn't supposed to be the guy for the Gators this past year. Uh, he, he took over for Felipe Franks kind of early in the year, and he played really, really well. He, he had 67% of his completions p- passes. Uh, he had 25 touchdowns, seven picks. So now with almost a year under his belt, uh, he should have a big, big year in 2020 and just shoot up the draft boards. You know, Plus he's got that great size that the scouts love. He's 6'5", 240 pounds, and... He's being coached up by Dan Mullen, who knows a thing or two about quarterbacks. He had Dak Prescott, of course, at Mississippi State. But the thing about Trask, though, is surprising is just the fact that when he was coming out of high school, he wasn't a highly recruited guy. You'd think, you know, going to Florida, scholarship quarterback, whatever, he'd be a highly recruited guy. He wasn't. He was a very low-level three-star. So, so for him to shoot up the kind of the draft boards like this, I think he will, is uh, pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Wow, that would be, I mean, if he went ahead of guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, that would surprise me, but you never know. Guys Trevor Lawrence do might be from tough time to, beat to time. Sure. <laughs> yeah, guys do from time to time come out of nowhere. What yep. about um, any other quarterback that you have uh, your eye on, maybe even for this year or next year? You know, there's just one guy that uh, kind of flew under the radar a little bit just because of where he played. And you're kind of surprised by a little bit by his his statistics. It's the Utah State's Jordan Love. If you just take his stats from this past year, you'd think like, how the heck is this guy? You know, a potential first round pick, maybe second round is I think where I'm seeing him. But because he had twenty he had twenty touchdowns this year, seventeen picks, pretty low completion percentage. It's like what what where, what are we not seeing here? This guy has bad numbers. Why is this guy being looked at so high? But you got to look at the people around him. You know, his his team a couple years ago. He had a really good team. He had a bunch of great players, so his numbers were awesome. Really great year. Then he lost everybody around him. All of his top receivers, all his top offensive linemen were gone. So he was this past year. He had a bunch of inexperienced players around him. He was put in a bunch of bad situations. So, and I think he's just kind of like the prime example of how you kind of sometimes have to look beyond the stats to assess the type of player you're getting because he's obviously much better than this past year's stats would indicate. Yeah, it's funny. I've talked about him quite a bit on this show because twice last year when I was calling a game, um, Ryan, I called the team's game the week after they played Utah State. So I called Wake Forest Rice after after Wake had played Utah State, and I called Army at Air Force after Air Force had played Utah State. And, boy, he he throws a pretty ball. Uh, I mean, he's got a great arm. But Wake Forest, he threw three picks. It should have been at least six. I mean, they dropped at least two or three. And against Air Force, he scored seven points. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, I understand everything you're saying. It would not be me 
to be the guy uh, drafting him in the top 10. I can tell you that much right now. And maybe that shows you how much I don't know about quarterbacks, but it would not be me because I just, I I can't unsee what I saw. And I'm sure he's got the physical ability and maybe he's the next Mahomes and blah, blah, blah. But wow, based on what I saw, I, I, I just would not be able to do that. But I think you make a good point. And I do think, the people around you is a good point. You know, what would Jordan Love have done in LSU this year? And what exactly. would Joe Burrow have done at Utah State this year? You never really know. One last time, Ryan, do you guys have a set time you normally record? Obviously on Twitter, it's CFB Bros is what you should follow. That way you'll never miss the show. It's the College Football Bros podcast. Do you guys have a website or a typical day, week time where people can grab the show? Yeah, normally, you know, during the off season, we're a little more flexible, I guess, on when we exactly put out the podcast. Usually we do our recording on like a Tuesday night and try to get it out that night so that Wednesday morning it's there for people to get out. So that's kind of the thing we try to do during the year. We might bump that up to a a day before to get it off a little earlier than that. Um, But yeah, college football bros. uh, We've just, you know, it's I think our third year that we've been doing it now. So we appreciate the help that we've been getting from you, Ross, and we're just trying to keep it going because we just, you know, we love we love doing it. You're doing awesome. It's a great show. It's going to continue to grow. Let's just make sure we have college football season I know. so that we can talk about college football. Stay Ryan, home, everybody. You. Stay home and listen to podcasts. Yes. As much as you can. Stay home and <laughs> yep. listen to podcasts. Ryan, yep. thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, right. thanks for having me on, Ross. I appreciate it. Excellent stuff from Ryan. I knew it would be. I love to get that perspective on the guy that's really coming from the college football perspective and not all of the NFL projections because I think production is the most important. Speaking of production, how about the production from our dudes over at Bet Online? They're giving you right now. 100% sign-up bonus at Bet Online. your online sportsbook experts. That's incredible. So, yeah, there's no NBA, NHL, or MLB right now. But think about it. Bet Online has hundreds of events and games to wager on. Let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino, blackjack, all open 24 hours a day. They've got their $750,000 poker series so if you're looking for ways to pass the time what a fun way to do it bring las vegas to your house to your computer visit the website use your mobile device to receive a 100 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online is your online wagering solution you just have to use the code podcast one to get that 100% sign-up bonus at betonline.ag. Very, very cool. And that'll do it for this week's College Draft Podcast. I already told you about the other shows that we have for you at rawstucker.com or wherever podcasts are found. We've got you hours of entertainment this week, like every week, if you guys need it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.